Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator, broadcasting to you live on New Year's Eve 2023. Yes, the podcast goes on, and this is our annual New Year's Eve event. We hear that it's one of your favorites. And <laughs> we don't know why. Because we always act have a, have a little so champagne. foolish um, drinking champagne. But I did get you a very nice Christmas present. Well, you know we love to travel, and we've been to so many places, and so we were thinking, where else can we go? And I decided we would just get a map. I would give Martha a dart. And I would throw it at the map, and wherever it landed, that's where we would go. For a couple weeks after Christmas. What a great idea! We wanted to be more spontaneous in 2024. So this is our one time that we can be spontaneous. We have nothing to do for the next two weeks. So we put the map up on the refrigerator. And I threw the dart. And she threw the dart. And we'll be spending the next two weeks behind the refrigerator. Oh, dear. Oh, the jokes. And that was even before the champagne. That was, yeah, that was before the champagne. The jokes flow. That is not a true story, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> so we are going to uh, now, now we can actually start the, sh- the, the celebration. And pour the champagne. Although it is, I admit, uh, a little bit before midnight. I but, brought the towel if you want to But because we just came back from Asia a week ago, which was just... Before Christmas. Oh, jeez. Oh, here it comes. Just before Christmas, we are still very jet-lagged. I feel like I owe you all a bit of an apology. Whoa! Ah! Did Whoa! You... I didn't even touch it. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. <laughs> is there a hole in the ceiling? <laughs> Whoa. That, that is and powerful funny, stuff. And it, and it didn't overflow. Wow. That's good. We are having champagne. No, know. we're having California Brut. Here's the cork. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So, so what was I, I guess you know that it's real. Yes, it is. <laughs> that scared the pants off me. Okay, so now we pour it into the glass. Go ahead. So I was starting to apologize for what I fear will be my lack of spontaneity. Everybody knows in the United States that twice a year we change time. Spring forward, fall back, that stuff. And every time that happens, we read stuff in the paper and commentators are talking about the bad effect that this has on people changing their clocks for one hour and we are talking to you after having come back from asia as ken just said where we were 12 time zones from where we are now by my figures i can usually do about a time zone a day so right now i am somewhere over (laughs) the pacific ocean Nowhere near where my body is. And I am really struggling with falling asleep at the right time, getting up at the right time, and making sense. So even though we are just beginning to have our champagne, I'm afraid that I'm going to sound even more incoherent than usual. Than usual. Than usual. You're you're the stable one in this relationship here. (laughs) You are the one who throws the darts. No, I'm spilling it. Okay, so clink. Mm. Very tasty. 
So we will do our best to be put on our usual jovial New Year's Eve, and you will understand <laughs> some of my limit- well, limitations. Well, from, from a travel perspective, 2023 was really successful. For oh, us. yes. We saw a lot and did a lot. Started off in safari in Africa, South Africa, Cape Town, and then we sailed up to Lisbon. We came home, and then we did another cruise through... Nor- uh, Norway, Arctic Circle, Arctic Circle. So we've been came <laughs> all home, the way south, all came the way home north. for five days, <laughs> took the motor home to Florida. <sighs> go go go! Well, we and were then, making up for all the COVID time when we weren't traveling at all. And then we traveled to Asia, which we just completed. <clears throat> And the, the Asia trip was quite successful, I would say. Although Asia doesn't have the you know, the sites that you would expect to see. We should be more precise and talk about Southeast Asia because yeah. there are many different parts of Asia that are more temperate yeah, than yeah. where we were yeah, yeah, yeah. and more culturally significant maybe than where we were. Or maybe we just didn't know enough about it. Sometimes I feel like I get more out of reading about a place after I've been there, so I didn't do a lot of prep, and maybe I should have. I don't know. And we just flew back from Singapore, which was kind of our base for this trip. And Singapore is about 80 miles north of the equator. So this whole trip was very hot. Um, it was one of those things that... The temperature was hot, the humidity was high, Hi. and we took shorts, and that's all we wore for the whole entire time, except when we were dinnering or something like that. But around here, when the sun goes down, it kind of gets cool sometimes. But there, the low temperature was 78 for the whole two months we were there. And I know I've complained about Florida. I think when we took the motorhome to Florida earlier this fall, I must have ranted and raved about how hot and humid it was and how uncomfortable it was, and uh, it didn't hold a candle to Southeast Asia. So uh, if high humidity and heat bother you, that may not be a good choice. Yes, Uh, and it's hot there 12 months of the year. They have two seasons, the dry season and the rainy season. And the rainy season. We fortunately were there right at the end of the rainy season. And didn't really have any rain. We did not have one day of rain that interrupted our plans at all, which was quite amazing to me. Um, it's, you go to a place that's so hot and humid and you expect to have some rain. And it's not that it didn't rain, but we were just indoors or otherwise occupied when it rained. And it was the amount of rain that we had was very minimal. So we spent uh, three weeks on land where we added two countries to our list. I think we talked about that last month. Oh. <laughs> and Was there a last month? I yeah, the month before the one we just finished. Time for time. Oh, time, time to celebrate. <laughs> so, Sorry this, about the, if your ears are... This last month we were on a cruise ship for a month and spent most of our time in Indonesia and Malaysia. Had a nice stop. Two countries in, which we had not spent that much time in. Had a nice stop in Phuket, which is in Phuket. Th- Thailand. Uh, very beautiful. So I, I, I feel like we're not we're poo pooing what we saw because we were on a cruise and it. It, how do I want to say this? It, it didn't try to go very far every day. We had a lot of stops in Indonesia and Malaysia, which I liked because often when you're on a cruise, you just kind of 
check in and check out again and you don't really get a good feel of a place and because we had so many stops in in indonesia in particular i really felt like i got a feel for the place but what that meant was that many of the places where we docked didn't have that much to offer to a tourist and many of the ports were in industrial areas where they were doing container loading and unloading which was kind of fun to watch but they were not tourist high points i guess and some of the things that would have been good to see were two or three hours away by bus and we didn't always want to do that so well and this is interesting because we did a back-to-back some of the the ports were actually visited twice Twice. um, because the two cruise itineraries had some duplication and we found things to do the first day, <laughs> but uh, the, the second visit to the same port, we had a hard time finding anything else to do, which is okay because you can spend the time on the ship. But uh, that is when you're in a, a location, you'd like to see everything there is to see, but I guess we saw it all in one day. <laughs> well, what we thought would be interesting to us, and this was especially a surprise in Jakarta, which is currently the capital of Indonesia, you would assume there'd be enough stuff there for a tourist. I think a lot of these areas have suffered from war, from bloodshed, from getting ripped off by the people who colonized them. They haven't had a very good and they still are in recovery from that. And that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. I was surprised to learn that Indonesia is the fourth largest country in the world. I didn't know that. By population. And it has 17,000 islands. 12,000 have people living on them. But still, uh, they're in the news a lot now that I'm paying more attention because they have earthquakes constantly. They're on four different tectonic plates that are always dancing around. Uh, And 60% of the people don't have electricity. Right, right. So it's very poor. But everybody has a cell phone and is on Facebook. One thing that was very cool on this particular cruise is that many of the crew members who worked for us, both in the kitchen as servers and cleaning our cabins, were from Indonesia, and they had just finished spending months away from home. The ship came from Alaska, if I remember correctly, and here they were stopping in the cities right where they they lived and the cruise company very kindly worked out a system where they could get off for a few hours or have visitors for a few hours uh family members came on board uh, were able to see where their loved one worked uh got to see what it was all about where their dad was making all that money uh where their son was uh spending his time companies to do it was just so heartwarming to watch one day we had 800 visitors on the ship and you know having they had lunch in the dining room and and got a nice tour of the ship it was just as she says very heartwarming to see these these people who work so hard and so long and have very few perks, I would think, and they really uh, were beaming and excited to have their families visiting on their ship. Typically, these folks uh, sign an eight-month contract, so eight months is a long time. Seven days a week, anyway. To be away from home, and even though now in these modern times you can FaceTime with your loved ones and do Internet calls and that sort of thing, it's still a long time to be away, especially if you have small children, as many of these folks did. So that was something that really warmed our hearts. And every time the ship stopped, depending on how big the city was, uh, we would have these visitors who were related to the crew members. It was very fun to see. 
So you're listening to the RV Navigator, episode 225 for January 2024. All right. We started the podcast in 2006, so we are 18 years old. How many more years will we be podcasting? As, as long as these kind folks uh, take the time to listen to us and send us nice notes and post things on the Facebook group and give us the encouragement that we need to keep we going. We do appreciate your comments and your questions and your emails and however else you want to contact us. We have had a good time doing the podcast and we anticipate doing it for quite a long time. We don't really have to worry about uh, making any money because we don't make any money off this podcast. Yeah, it's these days, a lot of my favorite podcasts yes. are biting the dust because they um, have commercial advertisers, but they are not able to quantify the kind of listeners that they have, how old they are, how much money they have, etc. And so the advertisers are no longer willing to risk spending money on these podcasts and they are dying. So this We've is had a, a number of podcasts who have gone off the air, so to speak, and uh, they just disappear. So this is a risk we do not have to incur because we aren't making any money anyway. We drink away all the profits. <laughs> Time for some more champagne, ladies and gentlemen. Blah, 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 blah. There it is. Okay. Now, so we've been doing these New Year's Eve podcasts for 18 years. Oof, that's really hard to believe. Here you go. Tradition. Tradition. And we hope that a lot of you have been with us for 18 years, but if you haven't, welcome to the RV Navigator podcast. It is called the RV Navigator because at one time we were... <laughs> we were exclusively RVing, I Well, think, never exclusively. Pretty much. But we are travelers. And recently our focus has shifted somewhat, and we are glad that those of you who are RVers have <laughs> followed us. Um, and we are happy to say that we will be going back to our RV at the beginning of the year and um, resuming... RVing life for a while. Well, we'll be living in the RV. Right. Who knows whether we'll right. be actually traveling. I, th I think last month we indicated that we were planning on going to the RV Super Show in Tampa while we are in Florida. And over the years we have met a number of you there uh, shopping for RVs for yourself. And it was so much fun to meet some of you face to face. But Due to circumstances beyond our control, the cushy deal that we had through our campground to camp there um, with electricity 10 feet away from the entrance <laughs> of the show um, has fallen through for us, and we've decided to hell with them. So <laughs> we will not be there this year as far as we know, not to say that we wouldn't do it again, but we kind of lost the thread on are that. Are we shopping for some stuff? Well, the main thing we are shopping for is um, a replacement for our delaminating couch. That was our main... Oh, do you guys have problems with your furniture deteriorating in the weather or the sun or whatever. But I also have to add that now that we are at home, one of our easy chairs is delaminating uh, here yeah. as well. That just seems to have been bad. I'm delaminating too. <laughs> bad fabric production for a while. Uh, so that's the main thing I wanted to work on there, but obviously <coughs> that's not going to happen. So we hope that you can still go to the Tampa Super Show, but if you do, don't look for us. Beep, 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 beep. Dear listener, I'm breaking into the podcast to let you know that we are going to be attending the 
Tampa Super Show on January 17th, 2024. This is instant news that we just received this morning between the time when I recorded the podcast and when I edited it. So it is breaking news. We hope to see you there if you are will be at the Tampa Super Show in January of 2024. And now back to the podcast. But, you know, one of the things we did several times, we crossed so many borders and had to buy visas and get passports uh, and all sorts of paperwork to get into these countries that we visited. And I was shocked at how easy it was to get back into the United States. Once we finally did get back to the U.S., because we have global entry, which costs you $100 for five years. It's paid for by many credit cards. And you have to have an interview when you first get it. We walked into the uh, immigration area at our airport in Chicago and didn't even need to get our passports out of our wallets. We just walked up to this... Big brotherish machine, which <laughs> took a picture of our faces and said, "Yep, it's you. Get out of here." Uh, well, they gave us a little piece of paper. We didn't have to fill out the customs form either. It was so fast and easy. We were at the luggage carousel first because and, everybody else had to stand in these long lines and go through a passport check and blah blah. And this blah. was December twenty. This was December twenty third, one of the busiest flying yeah. days of the year. They said. And for us, it was a piece of cake. So we strongly recommend, if you do any traveling at all outside of the country, to get yourself certified to have global entry. So as you know, every month I put up a bunch of links to uh, topics that we've talked about on the web podcast. And I have one that's called Returning Home Easy with Global Entry, the Easiest Country to Enter. And it's a review of uh, things that you should know about global entry and how to get it and what it is. And if you don't have it, it also includes a pre-check, which is an easy way to check out of the country because it lets you go through security (laughs) without having to take off your shoes. But guess what? You're too old now. I'm over 75, so, you don't so I don't have, have to, to take, take off, off my shoes or... anymore. But uh, the other thing that I've done <laughs> recently, a little travel tr- trick here, is is that I've gotten plastic belts. So that your pants so didn't fall down? So that I don't have to down. take off my pants uh, or my belts and, and get... I need some more champagne. And, of course, for me, uh, a recent wrinkle in going through all this stuff is that now that I have a new knee... Um, oh. I in- inevitably gets, the first, yeah. get stopped by someone who has to wand me, which sometimes delays going through there a bit, but it's okay. It was not a big deal. So we cruised on a 2,000-passenger ship this time, and I thought that was a, that's a nice-sized ship. I think. It was uh, small enough to go to some places that the big boys can't go, but big enough to have more entertainment and more things to do, and we were not in port. The lines were not long. It was yeah, a good size. It, it, felt, and it didn't feel all that crowded. Uh, a lot of people swear by Viking, and Viking ocean ships are about... 930 passengers, so about half the size of the one we were on. We were on the Holland Westerdam. I would actually prefer, I think, the Westerdam because it was a little bit bigger, had a little bit more facilities and things, plus the fact that it was half the price. Viking is quite expensive as a ship, as a ocean-going uh, cruise ship, so it has some advantages. And in terms of uh, entertainment and stuff, uh, I think the entertainment was quite a lot better. Mm-hmm. More, more choices. Westerdam. 
they and brought the more just as good. they brought more people on board from shore, yeah. so it was just more interesting. So if you're looking at doing a cruise, two thousand passengers is pretty nice. So we've kind of dispensed with the ordinary itineraries, the London, Paris, Rome that you think you have to do when you're young, because those are the places you hear about the most, and they're worth seeing. But we're at the stage in our lives where we like to go to more exotic places, and there were people on board our ship who who literally had put together numerous back-to-back two-week trips. There was oh, one God, guy we yes. met that had been on there for, I want to say, three, He's be three for months. Like six months. And most of the itineraries that he it was... came from Alaska. ...was following varied from time to time. And even though we had some repetition on our cruise, as we said, uh, all the new ports uh, made it, kept it interesting, and if we had stayed on, we would have gone to different places yet again. So this is kind of a nice specialty niche that Holland has carved for itself that you can staple together a lot of shorter cruises and end up with a... As long as you want, really. <laughs> until you run out of time or money, I guess, or your pants don't fit anymore (laughs) one thing or another so the flexibility of that really appealed to me and i have to say that holland is cheaper than some i keep thinking we must be over with all of our covid (laughs) rollovers and cancellations but this was was a remaining covid rollover we got a good deal i think and we signed up to take this cruise when people were still kind of reluctant to cruise because of the bad press that cruise ships got during COVID, then that reluctance seems to be well over by now. Although we did notice on our cruise ship the last few days we were on board that all of a sudden the crew Uh, started wearing masks. And we thought, what is this about? We were a little oblivious the time we got COVID when we were on a Viking river cruise and didn't pay attention to the fact that people were vanishing all around us. So (laughs) we were a little more aware this time. And the captain did say that there were 12 passengers in sick bay that had been diagnosed with COVID. And they They were obviously asking the crew to wear masks to protect the crew because they don't want them to um, go off duty and not be able to do their job serving their customers. So it's not like it's gone, but people are not worried about it as they were. Yeah, we didn't actually experience anybody who was really sick that I noticed anyway, and we didn't get sick either. You sat next to that lady that was talking about Mm -hmm. how she had been in quarantine for a few days and was now out and back among the living once again. So it's it's still around, and um, part of... Part of my jet lag problems, I think, is the fact that we also just got new COVID boosters since we've been home, and that hasn't helped my mental acuity either. But anyway, we're here drinking champagne, New doing, Year's Eve, doing and the best we can. Shot for COVID, boy, are we dedicated to travel? I yes, guess, making yes. sure that we don't get sick. In the Having future. good health. Okay, so uh, other interesting topics. The. Uh, Starlink has really come along here. I have predicted for months that Starlink would be coming along with new hardware, and indeed that has happened. And as of uh, this, the past couple of weeks, you can now order the new Starlink hardware, uh, version 2, 
and it is a nice uh, addition to the lineup, I think. So now there are three possible receivers that you can get. The same program, $150, uh, $599 for the hardware. doesn't have motors in it, which I think is actually a pretty good idea. It doesn't have the motors so that it doesn't, uh, you don't have to worry about it uh, crapping out on you, but you have to kind of aim it a little bit more. This is a, a an interesting transition that uh, Starlink is going, and I got to say that uh, the Starlink on the ship was uh, excellent. Worked so that very made the well. Wi-Fi very viable. So time out. You're talking hardware. You're talking about dishes. You're not talking about any router decoder no, it machinery. Has a router. It comes with a router in the IV. And then I remember you also talking about cells. You want me to get technical about this? No, I just want you to explain it in 25 words or less so that I can understand it. Because there's some people listening that are like me. Not too many, but some. Because that's the other thing that they announced and that they actually launched, I think, in the past few days. The satellites, some test satellites that are going to be broadcasting directly to cell phones on the T-Mobile network. I've talked about this a little bit before, but this is actually happening. I can't make any noise with my noisemaker. <laughs> You'd be drowning me out. Oh, good. Well, she's making noise, but this is going to be something that's just going to be transformational in the near future because I think that cellular satellite connectivity is going to be something that's going to happen. Elon is committed to, to sending about 550 satellites up next year, which will be cellular satellites, which will be testing out the system. And so in a couple of years, you're going to be able to use your cell phone with satellite internet. So does this mean he needs to put up a whole new net of satellites for cell service? No, I don't. I think or the satellites will the have new, a dual purpose. I net. haven't really read about that. But obviously this is a whole new transmission system for the satellite system. They have to add it in as an extra. And I'm sure that it takes extra power and requires extra uh, antennas and hardware inside the this the satellite itself. So who knows whether it's actually going to be viable or not. And you said that the... They're going to be testing it in 2024. That initially his his go-to partner in this is going to be T-Mobile, which made me think, oh my gosh, they're going to just be like taking over the whole cell service universe. No. I think it's going to be an added extra that's going to be fairly expensive, at least at the beginning. And so if but, I'm not a T-Mobile customer, I will be able to get Starlink over my cell phone? In the United States. I don't know. We don't know how it's going to work. But right now they're partnering with T-Mobile as a test. It's all so new. We'll, we'll find out how this works out. But it actually, the thing that's important is, is that they're testing it and it is a technology which is coming to fruition unlike a lot of other things that have just plain been announced. <laughs> well, and then we have the, the Tesla truck. The, have you seen the Tesla truck? I don't think so, have I? Really? It was announced several years ago and is just coming into the market right now. It's an electric truck. It looks it has a very unusual look to it. Where would I have seen it? I've been on a cruise ship. Well, it was announced about four or five years ago and hasn't really changed. It's got an all-aluminum skin hmm. and... Well, of course, if it's a truck, you'd expect it to be able to pull an RV. Right. But this truck costs $80,000. But you can buy an extra spare battery that you can put in the bed for only $16,000. Oh, gives my. It, which gives it a little bit of extra oomph, oomph and uh, distance. But I don't think it's made for towing. But if you are planning on uh, buying a Tesla truck for towing, please let us know. We'd like to hear how it works out. <laughs> <laughs>
if you have a spare eighty thousand plus, so that's we're coming up to close to a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. If you get the spare battery pack, and I wonder knows, if they'll be at the Tampa Super Show. Well, somebody will go and tell us about it. I'm sure <laughs> because it is going to be exciting to see. But something that was much more on my radar while we were traveling is my Pocket 2. Which is what? You don't know? Well, I do now because I asked you, but (laughs) most people probably don't know. Now, the Pocket 2 is a DJI product, and the DJI has made... Who's that? That's the people who make the drones. Well, people don't necessarily know that. So it's the DJI Pocket 2. In actuality, it's now the Pocket 3 because they have a new model, which I don't have. Oh, no. Christmas is over. This is a very small video camera. Now, on this trip, I saw a lot of people with, in the past, has been a standalone video camera. I mean, it wasn't even a still camera. It was a video camera. And it might have even been using tape, which is really hard to believe. No. No, that couldn't be. Where did you see that? People on the, well, just on our tours and things. Really? Well, maybe I was imagining. Who knows? I need more champagne. I think everybody was using their cell phones, which are not necessarily yeah, always well, very good. Yeah, well, by far the most was cell phones. For, but cell phones have a significant limitation. For video. To me, one of the neatest things you did with this camera was we had numerous opportunities in Asia to take unique and local transportation, uh-huh. which was kind of a motorcycle with a frame on it for people to sit on very wide open and you'd be racing down the road with others right alongside you going seemingly very fast really wasn't that fast and you could record the video of them using what what did you use time lapse yeah um was a dramatic video to see uh, and it was very good for that and very small and Well, the nice thing about this, this camera is, is that it takes very high-quality 4K pictures, and it only weighs like 6 ounces. So it's a camera that you can literally put in your pocket. It's probably smaller than your cell phone. It takes stills, but it's primarily a video camera. And the big point about this camera is, is that it has a gimbal. Now, a gimbal is a device which stabilizes your pictures. And by stabilizing, I mean that it has it moves counter to your movements the 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 lens so that it stabilizes your pictures and one of the things that you notice when you see cell phone pictures or frankly pictures from almost any other camera is is that it's constant motion it's kind of nauseating to watch many times very unpleasant and that the Pocket 2 has a gimbal, which even on the motorcycles made the the video look like it was shot on a tripod. It's very steady. And it's such a tiny camera, you can use it in places where the locals may not be all that excited about being photographed, but they don't even notice that you're there doing that. Right. There were many times I was shooting people and they had no idea I was I was shooting video because the, the camera is so small. Easy to put in your pocket. I struggled because I had too many cameras with me. <laughs> what? How could that be? I, I did, you, did you use them all? Well, at different times, and that's the problem. Uh-huh. I, I struggled because I couldn't use all my cameras. And I knew at times I wanted one that I didn't have, 
like the GoPro. I didn't have it all the time, and I sometimes wanted it. But I decided to carry the Pocket 2 almost all the time. One, because it was very small, and two, because it had great video. Instead of shooting video with my still camera, I actually shot quite a lot with the Pocket 2 because it had such great video. And it was it's like it's on a tripod. It's just you can walk along. It doesn't move. It doesn't jigger up and jigger up and down. Ooh-wee. Now, have be- a little more champagne. Because jigger. J- jiggle. Jiggle. <laughs> because our guide was so tuned in to photography and appreciated your talents and efforts, you were able to use the drone a few times on this trip. Yeah. Uh, and he found places where it was legal or not illegal is probably a better way to say it to fly it uh which which made for interesting photography as well but what i saw you making much better use of than you ever have before is this long 12 foot pole that you would carry with a camera no it's not 12 feet how long is it? 30. Oh, my God. Well, and that's the problem. I couldn't carry all this stuff at the same time. But you did some neat effects with that as well. I would like to have carried that a lot more than yeah. I did, yes. Yeah. I have to have the GoPro for that. So that would be if I carry the, the Pocket 2 and my still camera and the GoPro all simultaneously. I only have two hands. And you're not going to have... And I don't have a cooperating wife. And you're not going to have any clothes in your suitcase. Now, Well, these all cameras are very small. Yeah, but it all adds up. So at the end of February, <laughs> we're going to head overseas once again. And you're going to have to winnow the collection and no, make, some, not winnowing, no. make some decisions about which cameras are the best ones for you to take. No, I'm taking more. Oh, no. I just can't carry them all simultaneously. No, you That's cannot. That's the big issue. And so I have to decide in advance, oh, is this a first world problem or what? And even more unique than, than first world. Okay, now we need to talk about some hardcore RV issues. Like snowbirding? Like snowbirding. We definitely consider ourselves snowbirds because we head away from home. Because we're leaving next week to go to Florida. As we have done many winters since we've retired. I think every winter since we've retired, we've spent some of our time in warmer climate than than where we live. And there are a lot of questions to think about if you are contemplating being a snowbird yourself. Number one being whether you should travel around or stay in one spot to me i really like to travel around i get bored being in one place for the entire winter but this is hard to do depending on where you are snowbirding florida being the most challenging from our experience because it is probably reliably the warmest place in the winter in our country especially the southern half so many many people try to go there and the campgrounds just can't keep up with the demand and you have to to make reservations a good year ahead of time which is very frustrating when you want to travel around so one thing that we have started doing since we have a reliable place to stay since we bought ourselves a little plot of land with a campsite on it is that we look for opportunities while we're down there where people cancel last minute and we are able to to do a little traveling within the state of Florida without a lot of advanced planning because otherwise you have to plan a year ahead of time and that's really challenging for most people to do. Yes, to be a little bit broader in scope, one of the things we found while we were seeking out our, before we got our, our place in Florida, was is that 
the weather is not good anywhere in the United States except Reliably. in the very southern part of Florida during January and February. And if you're planning on traveling around during those months, you are going to run into bad weather. And we have traveled across the panhandle of Texas, which should be warm. We've traveled across that in an ice storm. When it was so bad, we had to get off the road and park in a, in a gas station. We have traveled in <laughs> Las Cruces, which, New Mexico. Many, which was, we had snow. So we just kind of abandoned the idea of traveling in January and February because it just is, the weather's just unreliable. You can't and count we didn't want to, And we didn't want to jeopardize our safety. safety for the sake of traveling. So our recommendation to you is if you're planning on going south in the winter, then you should find a place to park for January and February. And realize that it won't be warm all the time. Unless you are able to go... Yeah, even our place in Florida, we don't ever have snow, but it would be chilly, but not cold. And there are many places where we have spent the winter that are warm much of the time. I'm thinking of the Rio Grande Valley in Texas, mm -hmm. Southern California. Um, certainly we love the Tucson area in Arizona. A lot of people go to Phoenix. So those areas are a good place to be as a snowbird, but they're not going to be... Swimming pool warm every day in January and February. It, it just, just isn't, isn't going to happen. happen. And we got to talk about price. Our campground, which is uh, the Great Outdoors in Titusville, Florida, right now a monthly stay at that campground costs two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. Breathtaking. Oh, which to us is staggering. As you know, we have purchased a lot. Actually, we have two lots at TGO. And the nice thing about it is, is that we are not paying the $22.50 a month. While we're there. <laughs> While we're there, because we just pay the HOA fee. And the lot has appreciated dramatically since we've owned it. Um, frankly, over, according to Zillow, it's over 100% uh, uh, increase in value. And... When we're not there, it's rented out. So that it basically is cost neutral for us for the ongoing year. This is not unique to our campground, but there are other places where they rent out campsites for owners, okay. uh, especially in Florida. But otherwise, you have to do the legwork yourself and manage the rental and make sure that your property is in good shape and check people in and out, blah, blah, blah. So it's a nice alternative to paying 100% for it year-round, but it's something that's not available all the time to everybody everywhere. Right, and we, we would seriously, if you're thinking about going south, and the reason why we picked Florida was because it was a day shorter drive. Than Arizona. We liked Arizona, and I think we would prefer Arizona. Yes. But, well, I don't know. We've had a good time in Florida, so I can't really say now that we're there. That, and I'm remembering but, campgrounds we stayed at in Alabama that were owned by owners that we yeah. sub-rented, yeah. subletted from, um, and they got the money that we paid for staying there. So it's not um, unique to 
to the great outdoors. That's what I'm trying to say. But if you're contemplating a multi-year snowboarding experience, which is what snowboarding is, then I would seriously consider buying something in Florida. Uh, as I say, it's actually a great investment. Having a house at home at the same time, is that worth it? If you can afford it. We consider our house at home to be kind of a break-even sort of it. And theoretically, when we are not at home during the winter, there are some expenses that go down, namely heating and electricity and yeah. water usage bills get smaller, but I wouldn't say that it really saves us tons of money. And we then have to pay the same thing in Florida. Right. Because the, we pay 100 bucks for electricity in Florida and water and electric, water is included, so that's... But we pay two... Th- Two HOA fees, but in Florida, when we're not staying on our site, that's included in the rent. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. If you're interested in giving it a try and uh, you'd like to rent our site, our second one, (laughs) we are more than happy to uh, discuss that with you for the next season. We have a site that's available. But it is Florida, and you do have to plan ahead. And in the wintertime, we have to tell them ahead of time whether our site will be available or not for the winter and we've already done that for the upcoming season because they need to know whether they can rent it out or not so it involves planning you just can't be spontaneous anymore i am sorry about that i really like floating around but it's not feasible so uh is snowboarding a viable option yes but you have, as she says, you have to really plan ahead to make it happen. And in Arizona, which has an awful lot of snowbirdy kind of campgrounds, you have to pay attention to the climate there because it's a very desert climate, very dry, which means that it can be nice and warm, shorts weather during the daytime, but once that sun goes down, the temperature just plummets. I can think of many times when we would go out for the day and I would literally bring an extra set of warm clothing that I would change into at some point later in the day because it just suddenly got really, really cold. That's just the way it is in a desert climate and you have to plan for that. I think we'll kind of maybe cut this a bit short. What? Well, we have a lot of drinking to do tonight yet. Oh, damn. And you never know, I have to edit this, and I want it to be on the website by the end of January 1st. Uh-huh. So that takes me time. Uh-huh. And, and have we've already babbled on? For 45 minutes. Oh, my God. These poor people have to listen to all this. Well, again, we... This will keep them coming back next month. And, of course, you want to take a look at the website because I'm going to have all sorts of great links about all of these topics, including four articles that I found about snowboarding, which you're going to want to read about. Good ones. Yeah, everything to know about becoming a Florida snowbird. How to find a safe place to park your RV or van for the night. All of these things will be covered in the RV Navigator website, as well as photos from our crews. Really? You have to demonstrate your various cameras and what they can accomplish. I do. Yes. Well, we talked about it. If I was listening to this, I would want to know about this 30-foot pole. (laughs) Would you? (laughs) And what the hell you... All right. And She's given me an assignment, ladies and gentlemen. Here I am. That one you did where you New walk... Year's Eve and I get a Christmas assignment. Where you walk down the decks of the ship with it in your hand. That's, and that's using a... That was using the fourth camera that I had. That oh, I, my God. I didn't even have talked about the fourth camera that I directed. Oh, my God. The 360. 360 is very cool. It has its problems. Because it records you 
in the picture holding the 30-foot rod, which oh, is kind of weird looking. I, a little more champagne and no, I can make some no, jokes. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We're G-rated. We are rated G on Apple Podcasts, so we have to... I got it to we work. We want to watch... Well, we're not going to make it to midnight. No, I'm not in good shape. I'm very sorry. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cut this off before midnight, even though... We're celebrating New Year's Eve, and we hope that your 2024. We hope that your 2024 is a wonderful year, and that 2023 has fond memories. We hope that you have lots of fun travel experiences in or out of your RV. That you stay healthy and happy, and keep listening to podcasts. Not only ours, but all the other poor people who are. Dying because nobody is advertising. And on now it I anymore. have to go to work editing until midnight. Oh, bummer! <laughs> Making sure the podcast is ready to listen to on January. I don't know how many people are going to listen? First. I hope they have something else to do. And uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, last year's January podcast has had over nineteen thousand downloads. Wow, that's amazing! Wow, people like us better when we're drunk. What does that say? Well, they want to take advantage of us. <laughs> Uh-oh. We're going to get in trouble. The podcast police are going to come and arrest us. Uh-huh. We've enjoyed this past year. Very much. making the podcast. Very much. We've had a good time. All the opportunities for travel. And we're, as I've said before... Where are you going this year? Where am I going? In 24. I'm going to Brazil and really? going on the Amazon River end of February, beginning of March. Really? Then during the summer, I'm going to go to the East Coast and... Uh-huh. Canada. Oh. In the middle of the summer. Am I going somewhere else? Yes. Where else? I've got my calendar right Athens here. Athens to Florida. With a pre-trip in Bohemia, Hungary, mm. Eastern Germany. I noticed you have nothing to say about RVing. No. Well, this is the dilemma, isn't it? Trying to decide how to spend our time. Yep. Hopefully in the summer we'll do some. We can do RVing on a much more spontaneous Basis. In the summer. There are more, the many more choices, right. yes. So we'll bring the motorhome home at the end of a- April. <laughs> <laughs> People don't want to listen to you burping. All right. So if they don't want to listen to us, then we will fade out. See you in 2024. And we wish you good health and happy travels. And thank you for listening to us, no matter how incoherent we are. Bye now. Amen. Amen.